What's up, guys? Welcome to The Sesh. Today, I got a very special guest. Steve, please introduce yourself. Hey, my name is Steve Martinez. I'm a physician assistant here at McAllen, and I specialize in functional medicine. All right, so I'm just going to attack the question real fast. Yeah, go for it. Like, this has been on my mind because I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I've been on a fitness journey for the past eight months. Yeah, you're so awesome. I've seen the effects that it has on me specifically. Mm-hmm. Before this, I've lost weight twice, significant amount of weight twice in my life before. Now getting into my 40s, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, my body's changed. I'm a dad now. Sure, awesome. Everything has changed. Life has gotten harder. Yep. Uh, I, I got more busy with work. So like for me, making that change was, was very important because I wanted to be there when my kids grow up. Absolutely. And I stumbled upon a very startling statistic the other day that McAllen is the most obese city in the nation. Very true. Surrounding cities... And I think at this point, it's naive to think that the whole Rio Grande Valley knows that McAllen is the most obese, mm-hmm. but it, it's really the most, it, the whole Rio Grande Valley is eating the same things. It, it is. It, it's, it's the spectrum of the whole valley. And that's a statistic that I learned when I first got here to the valley back in 2014. And it was something that I experienced, you know, working in medicine. It's like, I see where they're getting these statistics from and the challenges and obstacles and, um, you know, things that people are experiencing that might have led them and led this, the, the environment to become what it was. And so that's when I really started to get, um, you know, dedicated and really focused on what can we do to be proactive and not reactive for this pandemic that I believe that we're experiencing that continues to get worse, whether we realize it or not. So how does one combat obesity? <laughs> that's a great question. So obesity. Yeah. I mean, like I said, every, each individual is different. So I think that we got to start with the foundations and fundamentals of who we are as human beings. You know, diet and exercise. What we put in our bodies, we will definitely get out in one way or the other. So if we want, if we want to have energy and vitality, enthusiasm, joy, strength, and energy, we got to make sure that we're fueling our body the same way. And so I believe that food needs to be our medicine in many ways. But if we're not careful, food can also be our poison. And that's one of the, you know, that the, the pendulum, pendulum how, how it swings as far as like, you know, what we're consuming and how and when that can really lead to obesity, inflammation, and all the other complications we hear, you know, very common in our society. So why is it so hard for people to diet then? Yeah. Specifically here in the Rio Grande Valley. Well, first of all, it's awesome food here. <laughs> that's, 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 that's first and foremost. But I think that, you know, like it, it's one, it's a great question. Um, I think it go multiple directions because... The types of foods that we have here, and it's not just here, it's, it's in many, many different cities and communities across the country, is the type of foods that our bodies as human beings want. When we talk about salts, when we talk about fats, when we talk about sugars is number one, our bodies crave these things. So just because an individual says himself, man, okay, I, I, I want this, you know, pan dulce, or I want, you know, tortillas de harina, or something like that, it's like, it's one of those things that, you know, as normal as human beings, because our brain craves that, especially because and if we are stressed, because that stress response makes us feel uncomfortable. And when our human body is uncomfortable, guess what? We want to be we want to be comfortable. So we reach for what kind of foods? Comfort, comfort foods. foods. And that's yeah. where the term comes from. So it's a normal reaction. It's just kind of getting down to that root cause of why we crave these things in the first place. And a lot of times it's fed to us at an early age and we just kind of become accustomed to it and we want it more and more and more. What's interesting about that is I never understood 
Well, I never heard of the phrase emotional eater oh, yeah. until my dad said it one time. And ever since he said it that one time, it's stuck in my head. Yeah. So I'm, I was born into Dairy Queen. So from the age of three to 30, right. I, all I knew was Dairy Queen. So I would eat yeah. everything fried, gotcha. dude sandwich, everything, yep. all that steak finger baskets, everything that yeah. people love. Sure. And at some point I, I saw what it was doing like health wise. I ballooned up and I came back down It's those crash diets and all that stuff yeah. where I would feel great. And then I would just crash and then gain it all back. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until this year and I, and I got very lucky because Mike came into my life at the right time when I was before I had any problems with like getting diabetic or any right. real health problems, right. he came into my life where I was starting to lift weights. And then through that, it triggered something where it had some confidence. And I, I was like, well, fuck, let me see what's next. The exactly. diet came on, exactly, cool. and which is even harder because now you got to do that 24 seven instead of one hour yeah. every three times a week. So right. Right. how do people adjust their lifestyle specifically for diet? Because for me, I started alternate day fasting and that's when I really figured out the relationship I had with food. Right. right. And, and it really triggered that because now I was able to go two days without eating and yeah, yeah. seeing that and physically going through it, it changes your body and changes your mentality is like food is a tool to use for fuel. It is. It absolutely Can is. Can you kind of touch on that? Sure. You know, so one of the things, the diet, I think that's a, that's a word that scares people a lot of times. Oh, a diet is going to, I'm going to be, you know, things are going to be taken away from me. You know, it's going to be hard. I'm not going to be able to do it. So really with diet, you know, what I really try to, the message I really try to give and convey to those that I serve is that I don't want us to just do a diet or a crash course routine. I want to establish a lifestyle change for you because I want this to be a long-term journey and, and accomplishment and victory that you experience, like you said, on a daily basis. So really, you know, everyone's different. Everyone has different goals and dreams, things they want to accomplish. Hey, I want to build more muscle. I want to have less back pain. I want to lose weight. I want to have less migraines or sleep better at night or whatever, right? So really, I believe that food and the diets and the routines need to be tailored and customized for that individual. So really what I do is I listen to each person on what they want to accomplish, the finish line they want to cross, and how we can work together as a team to help get them there. Wherever there's at, they tell me where there's at. Yeah. I just join their team to help get them there in a very customized way. And so really what I say is like, you know, let's start with the basics. Don't worry about getting all, you know, on the counting your macros or going keto, going paleo, going vegan, going vegetarian. And just don't worry about any of that. Just focus on inflammation the inflammatory foods that cause these complications within our life, the foods that cause diabetes, hypertension, which is high blood pressure, cholesterol issues, diabetes, obesity, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, cancer, all of these different things, it comes with food because all the things I just listed are inflammatory situations, inflammation. And when we have inflammation within the body, the body reacts in certain ways and how it's gonna react, I really don't know because everyone's different. So I just say start with the, you know, the, the three the three bad guys. You know, we talk about like, you know, complex carbs, the white carbs. So I always say if you're if you're white, you're not right. <laughs> stay, stay away from the white pastas and the breads, the tortillas, um, the rice and things like that. And then also sugars. Sugars is probably one of the most inflammatory things that we consume on a daily basis. And then also oils. Oils are extremely inflammatory as well. So the deep fried things and the, and the Dairy Queens and the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Chick-fil-A's. Now I'm not, I'm not knocking Chick-fil-A, I like Chick-fil-A too. But you know, <laughs> when we eat those things on a regular basis, it's one of those things that we gotta be careful because we gotta think to ourselves, what am I putting in? Because 
Food needs to be communication, but also the information that we're telling ourselves. So what are we telling ourselves and what are we putting in our bodies is what we will get out. So there has to be a correlation there. Like you said, it is difficult at times, but that's where we start. Sugars, complex carbohydrates, and oils. You start there, and that will help build a, build a foundation. That's uh, everything in the real Grand Valley right there. <laughs> that's what made up all the good stuff, right? So, yeah, but it, What's interesting about that is when, when I started counting calories on a scale, and I started tracking it, I started seeing exactly what was going into my body. Yeah. And I think that was one of the most eye-opening things, but it's also one of the hardest because not only now you have to figure out how many calories are in something, you got to right. cook your food, yeah. you got to prep your food, and if you miss it, well, then now you're struggling with like, oh, shit, do I go get this? What, what's, what falls within that right. calorie right. surplus or whatever, whatever it is that you need for that day, right? Sure. Sure. So I think the calorie counting and the scale was one of the things that I, I saw that helped me out tremendously to figure out how to lose weight and how to gain weight. Right. What are other tools that people can use? Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's mostly like, you know, intermittent fasting, you know, is, is a great way to help kind of allow your body to rest. But also we have to remember that we have so many calories. We're not going to starve to death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, we, if we skip breakfast, we're not going to starve to death, right? So we have to remember that we have so many calories built up in our, our tissues and our muscles and our liver that we never tap into because we're always what? eating, 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 eating. So intermittent fasting is a really good philosophy. Maybe you start with like 12 and 12. You fast and don't eat for 12 hours a day, and then you you allow yourself to eat for 12 hours a day. Or then the goal is to get to a you know an 8-16, where you fast for 16 and then allow your body to eat for 8. You know, Don't eat eight, 8 hours straight, but I yeah. mean, you allow yourself to have all the, the consumption within those 8 hours. So that's a technique. But also count, uh, macros, You know your, your carbs, your proteins, and your fats. Really trying to understand, okay, how much am I eating, counting the grams. It does take effort. You know, it, it, it takes dedication. It's not the hardest thing in the world, but in the beginning, it's like, hey, you have to pay attention to what you're eating because that's how you're going to achieve your goals. If you really yeah. want this to happen, then you got to do it. No one's going to do it for you. Yeah. So, and that's one of the, the main things. But, um, and then again, kind of like I've been before, the inflammatory foods. It's like, hey, if I can meal prep, you know, maybe I'll cook, you know, eight pieces of chicken on Sunday and have that that I can eat at least for one meal throughout the week instead of me and bring it to work instead of me going to uh, fast food or someplace to get something quick boom I have it right there and it's, it's a lot cleaner it's home cooked less oils you know you can control the environment of that food when you put it into your body so those are some techniques that I start with yeah. to really figure out you know which which routine and which which change can really benefit this individual in the beginning and what what can they do you know what can they do uh, I think if we just start there, that'd be a really good foundational start for a lot of people. Why do you think it's so hard for people to like make the shift in, in the mindset specifically? Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's very easy to go to McDonald's and oh, Burger yeah. King. Yeah, it's easy. easy to grab chips. Like what has to happen for those people to make that mind shift for them to actually start? Well, shit, before it's too late. I'm not talking about when it's too late now. Right. What do they have to do before they get to a point where, like, oh, shit, it's too far. Yeah. Like, I can't do this anymore. Well, unfortunately, in that situation, they have to have a, oh, my gosh, and come to Jesus moment, you know, uh, an epiphany of some type. And a lot of times it comes in a form of something that is traumatic in their life. You know, a, they get sick, a passing of a friend, passing of a, of a family member, or somebody gets, you know, some accident that really happens. Say their, their dad lost their leg to diabetes, or my mom has cancer now, or whatever. It has to be, a lot of times it comes like that. Or just, you know, they start, you know, they start 
you know, listening to a podcast that is inspirational, they have new goals. Hey, I want to run a marathon. I want to do a bodybuilding competition. I want to do whatever. Or, you know, somebody has to have an aha moment. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, people just kind of hit rock bottom. You got to hit rock bottom sometimes to stand on solid ground. So everyone's journey is different. But I think that that is, they have to have that why though. You know, that why they want to do something. They, maybe they're looking at their kids playing in the, in the yard, playing soccer, and they, they're overweight, they have no energy, and their joints hurt, and they can't go out there and play with their kids. Yeah. Or, hey, maybe I want to walk my daughter down the aisle, but I'm so embarrassed that I came and get on the plane to fly to where she's at in, you know, in Washington State to go on the, on the plane to you know, be with her at her wedding because I'm too big, I can't fit in the seats. You know, I've seen a lot of things across the spectrum. So the, there has to be a why. And is it going to be easy? No. But I mean, in this journey, with all journeys in life, I believe that our why has to be greater than the fear that is maybe holding us back. And so that optimism, that mindset, like you mentioned, needs to be first and foremost, because when things get hard, what do we do? We want to quit. We can't quit. You know, there's no quit. Yeah. And so if you remember your why of why I'm doing this in the first place, I hope that that reason will be stronger than your desire to stop. And then you'll keep, you'll pick back up and keep going. Does that happen all the time? No. But I mean, we try to, again, that medical mindset to really help, op, you know, give that optimism for them to keep on going. Um, but it's tough though. It's tough because sometimes you don't feel comfortable. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's stressful. Sometimes you're going through withdrawals, especially when we're talking about sugar or the oils or the cheeses, things like that. So I think that, you know, we have to remember that there is a transition to the change. And if we embrace that change or that transition to the change, then we're, we will remember that along that journey is where we become strong. It's not necessarily the finish line or the destination. It's the journey to that destination, mm-hmm. which is when a time we learn and we grow. And like I said, if we can have that mindset, I think the journey will um, be a lot more enjoyable and it will help us accomplish what we set out to do. There's something interesting. Uh, naturally, I ask people a ton of questions, even if like I just meet a random person. Like I'll just I'm, I'm sometimes very invasive, sure. but I have I just have that personality where I have to ask. Yeah. And the other day I was sitting with somebody. It was a young girl, and uh, she was overweight, and she was talking about her addiction to alcohol. Sure. And through COVID, my alcohol was through the roof, mm-hmm. and I didn't really notice. I, I mean, I didn't really care right. uh, at that moment. But then I found out, like later on, I was like, "Shit, I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, I should probably cut back." <laughs> and this seems to be the problem for a lot of people, and I've noticed it with a lot of younger people. Yeah. And what I asked her was like, well, "Was it alcohol that's stopping you from all this stuff?" She said, "Yes. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm addicted to it. I like alcohol. I'd rather drink alcohol and sit on my couch and." turn off my brain and watch Netflix instead of going to the gym and doing something harder. I see that a lot. And I think building the discipline time and time and doing your workouts literally weekly over time is how you build that discipline. How can people build that and get away from alcohol? Because my consumption of alcohol has gone down like by 95%. That's awesome. I find it I hate get, obviously getting older. Yeah, yeah, you recover less. I mean, yeah, it's, right. it, it's harder. Yeah, yeah. So, how can people do this? Like, how can they achieve this? This get away from alcohol for one, because I know it's very prevalent here in the valley. Yeah, I guess the, I would I would start with asking and really discerning and reflecting within yourself of why I'm doing it in the first place. What am I trying to avoid? What am I trying to cover up? What What am I trying to numb in many ways? A lot of times, there's there's trauma. There's there's situations that you don't want to, you know. I guess, I guess, how do I say this? There's situations where you don't want to think about. You want to kind of avoid. You want to run from. You want to hide from. 
And a lot of times alcohol, drugs, sex, food, you know, whatever can kind of mask those symptoms where we don't have to be vulnerable. We don't have to really look ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, I need to fix this problem. So we kind of, whether we realize it or not, we kind of spin down in a, you know, deeper, deeper into this, this frustration and even depression at times. So I think that, you know, like I said, I think that one of the main things is, is don't be scared to ask for help. I think that's one of the main things. There's people out there who have experienced professionals that can really help you overcome these, these areas and issues. But if you're not quite there yet, I mean, look within yourself. Again, ask the question of why you're doing it in the first place and, and what can I do in its place? And I'm not talking about, you know, you got to, you know, say we're doing exercise. I'm not saying you got to go join a CrossFit gym or, you know, go do these crazy things and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to, instead of drinking, maybe I'm just going to start walking mm-hmm. or, hey, maybe I'm going to just do some stretching in the morning. Try to occupy and come come you know, find yourself with hobbies and things you could do to, to maybe replace, you know, what you're doing. But also it has to do with the people you hang out with. Right. You know, if I, if you show me the five friends you hang out with, I'll show you what kind of person you are. Yeah. So really the influences and impact and that you experience in the society and the group you hang out with is very important as well. If you hang out with drinkers, well, guess what, you, what are you going to do? And so that's one of the things that I would really encourage someone that I work with and say, you know, why are we do it in the first place? What else can we do to maybe chip away to maybe begin to find new hobbies and new routines? And then also our influences on how and why we feel um, the need to in the first place. And a lot of times it's the environment that we surround ourselves by. So I usually start there, um, not saying that it's easy, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that's kind of one of the things that I would I would start with, at least gather information on the individual on why they're doing it in the first place. You touched on something very interesting. Uh, talk about the five people that you hang out with and I'll show you who you're going to be. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have a problem with that because I ran into the problem with that. It was where I have a bunch of friends that I've known forever yeah. and yeah. we hang out every weekend. We drink all the time. Yeah. And you physically saying that out loud into the world mm-hmm. offends people. Oh, sure. And yeah. this is not to say that they're bad people. No, I think not. people really need to make a conscious effort of like what they're doing. Even if you're with your five friends that drink all the time, yeah. that one time that I didn't drink and I didn't wake up with a hangover and all of them did, I felt badass. Yeah. Like I was ready to conquer the world the next right. day. I think it's right. just making those choices over time. And I think the older you get, you need to figure out that faster before you were not able to do it anymore. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I said, they're not bad people. I, mean, I have a, plenty of friends that grew up back in Washington state, you know, that, you know, Hey, yeah, they have beverages, maybe some, a little too much sometimes. And even friends here, you know, it's not, it's just kind of you make you, you, you are the master of your own domain. You know, yeah. you have the control if you really want to. And like I said, sometimes you got to take a step back and say, Hey, you know, I'm take, I can't hang out with you guys right now, or, you know, I can't hang out with you girls right now because I'm trying to make these changes. And a lot of times it's, it's tough because you feel embarrassed. You don't want them to make fun of you, yeah. you know, or whatever. But again, that, that comes back down to your, what your why on why you're doing something in the first place, your why and the reasons why you want to overcome these issues and situations and, and obstacles that you want to remove from your life. Well, everyone's different. So you have to say, Hey, you know what? My desire here is greater than the ridicule or being made fun of or being embarrassed or whatever. It has to be greater than that. If it's not, well, then you're going to keep on falling back in the same, in the same situation you were. So I think it has to be, you know, the, the mindset, like you said, but it also has to be a sense of dedication, not motivation. Because if we only did, th- if we only did things on days we're motivated, probably wouldn't do much, yeah. life, right? So it's the dedication, no matter how I feel, I'm going to do it anyways. Why? Because it's good for me. And that's kind of the mindset that you keep on repeating to yourself. And then eventually these habits and these routines, just like getting up, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, putting your socks on, will start clicking for you. And then you will start building yourself up into the person you want to be. Again, 
hard to do sometimes, especially in the beginning, but it's a formula that works. Yeah, I can definitely attest to how hard it is. Uh, there's days that I do not want to go to the gym and I just find like myself already on the expressway and I'm like, I, I, I can just yeah. miss it. Yeah. But yeah. the point yeah. is that that consistency is what what helps me develop that discipline. And, I, and I've found it over time. It's very, it's a very interesting thing. I had to do it for so long with never getting the results. And then finally, like four or five months down the line, I started seeing the results, but it takes so damn long to get there. I, I know why people fall off. It's oh, hard. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm not seeing results in, in six days. You know, I'm going to quit. Don't quit. You know, don't quit. It's, it's, it's an, in an endurance race, it's a journey. It's like it's like a marathon. It's like, hey, in mile one, you're gonna feel fresh legs, good to go, no problem. But hey, in mile 13, mile 16, you're gonna be beat up a little bit. But the finish line, you're not quite there yet. You have 26.2 miles to go. So you keep on, you just you just, you just grind it out. And in moments like that, it's kind of like, you again, I'm going back to the same thing. But you remember your why, why you're doing mm -hmm. it in the first place. Because maybe you're driving to the gym. It's like, man, I do. I feel like death today. Shit, I don't want to do anything. But you still go. And yeah. I always say, hey, I don't feel like working out. So now that's the best time to work out because your mind and memory, our mind is a muscle as well. And what we tell ourselves repeatedly is who we will believe who we are. And if we if we don't do these things that we know we should do, eventually that muscle will start to weaken. And then when you want to do something and you need to do something, boy, you're starting from, you know, from the, from ground zero. And yeah. a lot of times it's a very hard thing to do. So again, Sometimes I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I felt like death. I do not. I didn't want to work out. I didn't want to go for a run. I didn't want to, you know, go to the gym or anything. But I went, and what I did is I just went into the gym. And sometimes I, it was just in that environment that I'm here. And now I'll just do a little something. I did. I had the best work in my life. Yeah. Heck no. <laughs> but I was there, and your mind's like, you know what? You were here, and that's what I need to know. How you perform is going to be different each time. Right. But you were there. Yeah. And that's what I tell a lot of people too. Is like, don't you say you want? I, I just want you to start walking. Ah, oh, no, I'm not ready to start walking. You know, it's you know, my back hurts, my knees. Great. Take your shoes and put them by the front door. Start there. That way, every time you walk out the front door, you're going to see your shoes. And that's that's where I have many many people start. Just put your shoes by the front door and look at them. And eventually, you'll put them on. Yeah. And so that's kind of everyone's on a different journey. So that's why you know what routines when it comes to medicine, supplements, diet, workouts, it needs to be customized for each individual because we are all different. Am I wrong in saying like for example like for exercises when you start working out and exercise some people go like pretty drastic. They'll start working out like 5 in the morning and they'll change their their diet radically and where they're below the calories that they need and they end up crashing. Is that feasible for people? Because I figured out for me, there's no way in hell I'm going to wake up at five in the morning. Yeah. So I had to figure out where to fit it in my day, still get it done, and then get the proper nutrition. Like I, I feel, and I, I could be wrong, mm -hmm. that the people that, that overachieve when they're barely starting are the ones who are going to least get through the whole process. Yeah, burnout. I, mean, I see it all, all the time. And that's when people quit because they're, they're putting so much effort and so much intensity, which is awesome, but you don't see results right away. And so if, they're, if, they're, if their mindset is, hey, I'm going to work as hard as I can in the beginning, boom, 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 and just can do this like this crash course diet, crash course workout routine and expect to see, you know, have, have abs and shoulders and, you know, butt and legs, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, I think each individual needs to understand, you know, what they can do because if they decide in the beginning, like, hey, this is going to be a journey, what can I do? Yeah, maybe it is working at five or maybe it's working at, at 630 in the morning. You know, I don't know. Or maybe, hey, maybe at nine 
night right now is the best time because I got to get my kids ready for school and everything. And then, you know, I'll put them down or whatever. Then I can do a workout. So we got to find a routine that you're saying, hey, what can I do to make sure that it works? And we have to have the, the, the wisdom to say, hey, if what I'm doing to begin with doesn't work, I'm going to change it. Don't quit. You just need to change it. We need to customize it because things change, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that, but yeah, the majority of the thing times I see is like people, and I love their, their enthusiasm and the inspiration and optimism and their, and their, and their work ethic, but we got to make sure that we're not, you know, going too hard too quickly because there is a higher risk for burnout. So that's why you start low and go slow, build yourself up, and then you start seeing results based on, you know, the activities and what you're doing, and then that creates the joy, the happiness, the the uh, the victories that we're looking for along this journey, which ultimately make it a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. So start low and go slow, especially if you're not work, used to working out, especially if your diet's horrible, you're looking to make a change, and then, um, you know, learn what you can and can't do, and then, like I said, in my opinion, you get a coach, right? Yeah. I think everybody needs a coach in life. Mm-hmm. So get a coach to at least help you in the beginning to help get you where you want to be. Yeah, I never understood the, the impact that a coach would have because oh I think so many people go to the gym by themselves yes. and 99% of them don't know how to work out. Yeah. Yep. So learning the skills of actually training, learning how to lift weights is, is the most eye-opening thing for me because now you're doing it correctly. Yeah. I think most of the general population have no idea how to lift weights. Right. And I think one of the most interesting things too is when I first started this journey, I decided I was going for aesthetics. I didn't care. I was being super vain. I was like, yeah. dude, I just want to get big. I want to get muscles. And I think for me, the shift was, I think every man should lift weights or lift some, lift some type of weights to get their testosterone up, to get in the gym, to get feel like a man. I think that's one of the most important things that any man can feel right. is able-bodied. Right. And this is the one thing that I talk about the most is because I feel like I can't talk about that half of the time because you're, you're in this world of social media, right, where everything's going to be offensive somehow. Oh, yeah. And if I talk about being a man and how a man should be and other men are like, oh, shit, yeah, you should, you should do that too, man. Yeah. I think the realization that I found was when I started talking about this stuff, a lot of men are like, fuck yeah, dude, I want to lift weights. I want to look good. There's nothing better than a man that looks good in clothes that works out yeah like just the image the confidence that comes with it i think every man should strive to achieve something just to get to that point that way they can see like well shit this is what muscles look like this is what muscles feel like this is the coolest thing ever i think a lot of people are scared of getting to that point and and i don't understand why maybe you could shed some light on it you are spot on 1000 percent, and that's one of my goals and my mission right now is to help men actually feel like men again because over the last you know 12 years of practicing medicine i've had countless conversations with guys saying i just don't feel like a man anymore they're depressed they have anxiety they have fatigue they have they're gaining weight losing their muscle mass erectile dysfunction or even ep not ed but ep erectile problems um even they're coming in talking to me they're 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 having hot flashes and night sweats their wife's over here freezing you know and they're sweating like they're in menopause you know what's going on so men and like I said, there, it, it, there's nothing wrong with being a man. I truly believe that men and women have different roles in society. Just because they're different doesn't mean one's better than the other. They're just different, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, <clears throat> yeah, I believe man, a man should be a man. It's like lifting weights is one of the most, you know, impactful things to help you achieve that, you know, for guys and girls. You know, my background is endurance athletics. So, you know, marathons, Ironman, triathlon, things like that. And I was always running, biking, swimming, running, biking, swimming, running. It's all, it's all I was ever doing. 
And so, you know, my testosterone was in the dumps. My thyroid was in the dumps. My adrenal glands were in the dumps. My cortisol was through the roof because I was always under stress and the catabolic stress that I was putting my body through. And so once I stopped that and I actually started lifting weights, man, I feel so much better. You know, my energy, my mental clarity, my sleep, my, my strength, you know, it's like this is the way I want to feel. But a lot of guys, when they're going through these situations and changes in life as they get older, a lot of times when they share this, this situation with their clinicians, they're saying, ah, you're normal. Don't worry about that. You're older now. Guess what? You're 45 years old. You're supposed to have these symptoms, you know, fatigue and weight gain, loss of muscle mass, you know, problems with having sex and things like that. It's normal now, especially if you're 50 and 55 and 60. Don't worry about that. That's what everybody is experiencing. Well, you don't need to accept that. Just because something is very common and everyone's doing it, everyone's experiencing it, doesn't mean it's right or that you need to live that way for the rest of your life. There's things that we can do to optimize who you are. It's not about, in my opinion, this is not medical advice, it's my opinion, that we need to be optimized as individuals, not just accept this normal, you know, philosophy of medicine saying, hey, you know what, the labs on this piece of paper, they're within range, you'll be good, don't worry about it, but what if you don't feel good? What if you don't have the energy, strength, vitality you're looking for and you can't live the life you want and you're 40, 47 years old? You're going to live the next 30, 40 years of life feeling like death? Yeah. So that's why, in my opinion, I love what I do because I'm not about treating numbers. I'm not about having you just be good. I'm having you be great. I'm not having you be just normal. I want you to be optimal. I'm not having you just be just surviving in life. I want you to thrive. But how you get there needs to be customized for each person. Why? Because we are both, we are all different. Mm -hmm. So that's why at my clinic, no cookie cutter therapies, no one size, size fits all therapies. It's all about you, your goals, your dreams, how we can work together as a team to get you to that next level. And I have a passion for this. I have an energy for this because so many guys are coming to me and they are just crushed. And so building them back up to be a man, that's why I had this develop this program, you know, Lion's Lead, because I believe the man should be the lion in the jungle. And the jungle is the world. If the lion isn't able to, to defend his family, to defend his herd, the jungle will take it over. But if, what if you don't feel like a man? What if you can't, don't feel like a protector, a provider, you know, a, a stronghold within your family, you know, society, community, and your workforce and everything like that? Well, guess what? You're gonna be more of a liability than anything. And so again, that mindset but also optimizing who they are physically is what I do on an everyday basis. And I absolutely love what I do. I think you touched on an interesting topic is uh, one thing that I've, I've come to the realization is that, that men specifically should be able to control their feelings. And this is the one I always thought it was diet that yeah. you can control your diet, sure. but that's hard. Yeah. Like I, I get it, but I, I feel like the one thing that you can control is your mind, your thoughts, where they lead you. And a lot of people will reach out to me. It's like, well, I can't, I'm, I'm on medication or something, which is fine. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it too. But I'm talking to the men that specifically can, like there's, there's different people that I talk to specifically. And when I put it out, it seems like it's general knowledge, but it's geared towards a man that wants to change his life because yeah. I, I can guarantee you, I I see a lot of soft men out there, and, and I I think it's it's one of the things that is new to, it's a new word soft men, and and I think the way we describe it is they just don't feel like men. They're they're been beaten down. They've been right. told all these things that this is the way they should be. So they hide their feelings. They they don't talk about these things and the one thing is that all that stuff gets bottled up and then Absolutely. one i think the man that cannot control his feelings is a guy that's going to explode and then something bad happens i think it's been 
never been better time to be able to control your feelings. And the way I do that is going to work out. Like yeah, getting rid of that energy, having an outlet, a place that I can go to that I'm not going to be judged. I'm around other dudes. That we're all going through the same things in life. Everybody's going through something. I feel that people have to have that escape. They have Absolutely. to have it. Yeah. And if they don't have it, then they have nowhere else to go. Yeah. And I think that's what's creating a lot of soft men is they have nowhere to go to express these things yeah. in one form or another. Yeah, and if they are, you know, they're not being listened to. Because like I said, the, the story I hear all the time is like, hey, if a guy comes to me and they're experiencing, say, again, the common things I see all the time is like fatigue and awakening and erectile issues and loss of muscle mass, awakening. They can't, they can't do what they want to do in life. And they go and they express the situation and say they're to their clinician then you know the clinician, clinician I hope would say oh man well sounds like your testosterone for example let's check your testosterone great you know that's what I've been researching on Dr. Google and everything I said let's just check my testosterone yeah. they get their testosterone and the labs come back at a 234 a 234 well sorry Mr. Johnson it looks like your your testosterone is normal it's not your testosterone like dang it I thought it was my testosterone the problem with that situation which I see all the time is the clinician that told Mr. Johnson that his, his testosterone was normal at a 234 he's not lying at all. It is normal. But the range for testosterone is usually like a 200 to 1100. So yeah, a 234 is normal, but yeah. it's, it's, it's on the lower it's, end of the it's, spectrum. It's, 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 you're feeling like death. So what if I take that same individual, optimize them say, to say a 1034? Well, a 1034, if we're just treating numbers, well, that's normal too. So shouldn't it technically, shouldn't a normal lab result, shouldn't the individual feel the same at a 1034 to a 234? Mm -hmm. The answer is if you're treating numbers, then, you know, that philosophy they should, but I don't treat numbers, I treat people. It's a totally different world. This guy, he's getting his life back. He's, he's having, you know, sex with his wife again. He's able to play with his kids. He's able to lift weights, cut the grass, paint the house, you know, do all these things. Has energy. He has energy and vitality and strength back. But like I said, just because you're normal doesn't mean you're going to feel normal. I see 95% of the people that I see, the labs are pretty much normal. But 95% of the people I see, they don't feel normal. In fact, they're pissed off. They feel like death. And so I'm so glad we're talking about this because this is the message that I believe that I'm trying to get out as well. It's like, hey, guys and girls, you can be optimal. Trust me, you can. You just need to have somebody to listen to you, to join you along your journey to help get you where you want to be. So think about your goals and your dreams. Share that with someone who would listen. And I believe you need to work with a, you know, a strength and energy specialist, a functional medicine specialist, because there's two different types of medicine, conventional and functional. I practice functional. So again, I don't treat numbers, I treat people. I'm looking to get you optimal, not just normal, from good to great. And again, joining your team on how we can get there. And so it's different philosophies of medicine. There's a pill for every ill. I can give someone five, six different pills in one visit with me, but I'm looking on treating the system that's causing the symptoms. I'm not a symptomatic clinician. I'm a systematic clinician because again, that issue with that system is producing the complications you're experiencing. So we need to fix that root cause. If we don't, you're going to be on pills for the rest of your life and you're not going to be happy. Yeah. So that's kind of the difference is a mindset when we talk about the two schools of medicine, functional and conventional. How feasible is it for a male between his ages of 35 to 50 to start something today, like to boost their testosterone? What is the first thing that they can do like right now? First of all, they need to make a decision that enough's enough. I think they need to make, have something click within themselves saying, you know what? I can be better. I want to be the best version of myself. How do I do that? Well, let's figure it out. Because like I said, sometimes you got to jump and then learn how to fly. 
that's kind of with life. You just got to do it. You got to have the, the imagination. You got to have those dreams. Say, you know what? I want to do this. How am I going to do this? I have no freaking clue, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And so, like I said, I wouldn't recommend going to some kind of functional medicine specialist, you know, somebody who actually, you know, looks at the whole picture, not just a subsect or, you know, a small piece, but the whole picture and looking how to optimize your cells to get that clean energy in back into your body. But also the mindset. Go to somebody who who works with testosterone and hormones and peptides. You know, go to someone who's looking to help. You know, help you become the best version of yourself. And you'll learn that pretty quick on the philosophy of the clinic, philo- the philosophy of the clinician. So that's what I would start. So I mean, there, it's very very easy. You know, it's very very easy. We just need to kind of have a little bit of guidance. Ask your questions. Have your questions written down because we got to make sure that it's a good match. And that's the match in medicine is very, very important because even what I do and what, how I practice, maybe it's not a good match for some people. And that's okay. I want you to be successful. I want you to be happy. I want you to achieve your goals. And if I can help get you there, awesome, rock on, let's go. But if you're like, ah, you know, I'm not ready for this, you know, I'm going to challenge you though. You know, why? Yeah. Is it because is it of fear? Is it because of finances? Is it because of you don't have time or whatever? Let's work something out because, you know, life is never going to get easier. There's yeah. no such thing as a someday. There's a birthday, Christmas day, you know, Thanksgiving day, you know, there's no such thing as a someday. So if we are waiting for that someday to do something, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life. I feel like a lot of people, like when I talk about goals and writing your, your, all your goals down throughout the year and and these things that you want to achieve, I I feel like a lot of people think like, ah, it's foo-foo stuff. Can you kind of touch on the fact that the what you think about all day long, you become... I remember five years ago when I was sitting down listening to motivational content for three years, I finally got up off the couch because I figured, well, I got to do something. Right. I am now becoming the man that I envisioned five years ago it takes so long can you kind of touch on that because i think it's it's important for people to understand the power of positivity Mm -hmm. of putting your word out into the world and then having goals right we all have a past no one's perfect don't worry about being perfect focus on the progress and i think that's where we really become happy in life is the progress you're making the baby steps no matter how how that progress looks you know putting your shoes you know by the front door and looking at them all day or hey you know what i finally signed up for my first half marathon or whatever. So it's one of those things where you just got to do it. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, but that's how we grow. And I think that if we have that mindset and realize that, hey, it's not going to be an overnight accomplish, you know, uh, victory, you know, you know, across the finish line, but doesn't mean, don't forget about the little victories that lead you up and build you up. Because like I said, you know, first of all, phenomenal, phenomenal job, Thank you. Uh, job, um, Josh, because I mean, you, you have made, you are walking the walk and setting the example, which in an amazing way. And your, your listeners and your viewers are going to be like, wow, that guy, if he, you know, he can do it, I can do it. And a lot of people, you know, out there need to have that mindset. So, but that's the challenging part because a lot of people don't have that mindset. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like in my clinic, I try to, everyone I serve, I see a lot of people are like, oh, sorry, there's no hope. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. If you don't help me, then I have nowhere else to go. So I, I call it from the, from the, uh, the, the nope, nope hope <laughs> to mm-hmm. hope, you know, nope to hope. And so like I said, really trying to help them inspire that sense of optimism and energy can really, you know, go a long ways. But I think that, you know, it's tough, man. There's really no no simple answer or one answer when it comes down to it. We just have to make sure that, you know, we, we, we dream big, we use our imagination, um, and really reflect within ourselves that, hey, you know what, I can do this. There's no reason not. I, I believe that the only limitations in life are the ones we have on ourselves. Yeah. So if we really take the time and say, you know, what, I can do this, I may not know how exactly, but 
I'm going to figure it out. Why? Because my why and the reasons why I want to do it is going to be greater than what I don't know or the fear I have from beginning. And if we have that mindset, we can go many far, far, not only in our health and wellness journey, but in life in general. Yeah. One of the things I, I think about a lot, and it's, it's kind of weird, is I think about death a lot. Oh, yeah. Like it, it comes to me every single day, not just about my death, about like my family member's death. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very vivid image that I get sometimes, and it pushes me to the motivation. And, and I think what it is, is people have to hold themselves accountable. Absolutely. And, and the problem with that is people aren't being real with themselves. Like I literally look at myself in the mirror and I'll call myself fat. Yeah. Fat. That word alone triggers something in somebody. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it has context behind it or nothing. Yeah. Fat. Yeah. That word alone, if it, it triggers something sure. in you as yeah. a human being. Yeah. And I think being accountable for the things that you put in your mouth, the things that you're going to go out and exercise, the things that you think about all day long, those are the things that you become. And I think it's, it's the most important thing that people have to understand is that creating this image for yourself is going to be projected into the world. Absolutely. And what you put out is also what you're going to get back. The accountability aspect of it mm-hmm. is holding yourself accountable. It's like, all right, am I going to go work out today or am I just going to... Nobody's going to see me. Nobody's right. going to know. Yeah, no one's Does going it to... matter? Yeah, exactly. You yeah. have to be accountable for yourself, your actions. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, and like, until we develop that, that skill, that discipline, you know, a lot of times work having somebody to hold you accountable is very important in the beginning too. Um, not hold your hand, but just hold you accountable. And that's where teams come in. That's where coaching comes in. And I think that's where uh, how people, that's why people get trainers, personal trainers, because yeah. you have someone who has a skill set that, hey, you know what, I need that. You know, I'm going to invest in that. I believe, I truly believe if, if investing in your health, you won't regret it. Not at all. But if we mm-hmm. don't invest in our health, we're going to pay for it someday. Yeah. You know, it depends on how you want to pay for it. Yeah, you know? It's like investing in mentorship. Like I, I would invest in mentorship because you get to get all that knowledge oh, at one time. Exactly. It's the same exact thing with a trainer. I found it most, uh, most beneficial for me as, a, as an entrepreneur that's busy all the time. I, I hate cardio. I hate yeah. doing a lot of stuff, <laughs> yeah. but I need to be told this is what you have to do to right. achieve these things. And, I, and now I see it. Now I'm developing the skills. It's taken eight months, yeah. but I'm it, developing the skills yeah. that I get to take out anywhere into the world because yeah. once you learn it, you get to keep it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like I said, getting to that point is is a victory. You know, mm-hmm. don't forget about the small victories. Like maybe you have other goals and dreams you want to accomplish and you're not there yet. It doesn't matter. You're you're here right now and you're closer than you were eight months ago, right? Yeah. And so that's the mindset that I think a lot of people need to have. It's like, hey, you know, we got to look forward. I mean, that's why I say I saw, uh, you know, a little quote the other day is like the, the, the windshield is larger than the rear of your mirror. Why? Because what's in front of you is more important than what's behind you. Yeah. So if we keep that focus forward, then we, you know, that's what we want. We got to decide, hey, what do I want? And then go get it. Yeah, we're going to have bumps and bruises along the journey, but you know what journey doesn't? If you want it, go get it. And if you don't know how to get it, find somebody who has gone before you, talk to them, invest in there, invest in their time, their knowledge, and then you will be able to be, you know, to, to build that sense of, that sense of, uh, you know, inspiration and, and knowledge to help you get where you want to be. And a lot of people, you're right, they don't do that. They don't say, ah, oh, I'm not going to invest in a coach. That's a waste of money. Well, guess what? You know, going to the hospital because you have a stroke or a heart attack, that's going to cost some money too. Yeah. You know, or getting your foot amputated because you can't control your sugars, that's going to cost some money too. So again, we got to figure out where our priorities are. I mean, I have a lot of people who, who I see and, you know, I see the car they drive up. 
You know, I see the the purse they have coming in. I see the shoes that they're wearing. Sometimes the belts, man, some nice belts. People come in, you know, yeah. where it's like, but you don't want to pay a couple hundred dollars for some awesome therapy and hormones and peptides to help take away your inflammation, diabetes, and and get you off that blood pressure medication. Priorities. Once your priority is straight, you figure out what you want, then you will invest in that. And I guarantee that, you know, investing in your health, I'm I'm pretty confident that you won't regret it. Well, sure, Steve. I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. Before we finish off, uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, um, the clinic I own here locally in McAllen is Restore Wellness RGV. Our phone number is 956-683-6797. Um, yeah, go in and call. Find us on Instagram, Facebook. My staff is awesome. My team is awesome. They are, uh, you know, wellness wellness warriors, and so they'll definitely help you out, guide you in the right direction, answer your questions, and make sure it's a good match on how we can work together. Awesome. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next sesh. Peace.